the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Extra, extra, read all about it. Yeah, I wish that meant I had some breaking news for you on the uh, the Jeffrey Epstein fiasco, but I don't. We're going to have to wait for that. But I'm here to talk about newspapers today. Uh, that's what the newsstand guys used to yell, extra, extra. when uh, On the street, when there was a big story, the papers would put out an extra edition, and everybody knew it was a big news uh, story that was out there. Well, right now, the the news for newspapers is bad. Uh, starting in October, the Post-Gazette will only print three days a week. And right now, Pittsburgh is the biggest city in America without a daily newspaper. I didn't know that until I read it yesterday, I think. Uh, but that's pretty sad. Uh, it doesn't affect me much because I haven't had a newspaper delivered to my house for about 10 years. And I can't tell you the last time I actually held a newspaper in my hand and read it. I mean, it's it's been years. But for us baby boomers, the newspaper was always uh, just a, a big part of our lives. I was spreading it out on our living room floor and reading about the Pirates and checking the box scores when I was seven years old. Every day in the summer, I'd wake up and one of the first things I did was read the newspaper. And I had a Pittsburgh Press paper route when I was 11. Now, I never dreamed I would have a Saturday sports column, which I did in the Post-Gazette. I didn't think of myself as a... A writer, and I definitely didn't think I was going to have one when I was out there delivering the press. But even after I got into radio and TV in Pittsburgh, I never considered myself a writer. But the PG offered me a chance, and I did that for almost 15 years. And it was very cool, I should say, the first time I got up on a Saturday morning and saw my own mug next to a column in the Post-Gazette. That wasn't a small thing for me. Anyway, I also wrote a column for the Trib after that and several area newspapers, and I still write a sports column for TribLive.com, which isn't a newspaper, but it's a column. Now, having a paper route, by the way, was a big deal. I think about that a lot. I started my working uh, career as an 11-year-old kid, and I wonder now if making a kid have a paper route would be considered child abuse. I think it might be. I do know that lots of parents wouldn't allow their 11-year-old son, maybe most wouldn't allow their 11-year-old son, to head out on the street by himself with a load of papers today and walk on those busy neighborhood streets. And, boy, just a dog might bite you, and who knows, a boogeyman might be out there. Anyway, forget about being out there after dark on a Friday night doing your collections, which I had to do, but it was a great experience for a kid. I don't know if there's any equivalent for a kid today, by the way. And I made good money, about 6 bucks a week. I checked it out on the inflation calculator. That's about $52 a week today. So $210 a month would seem like a pretty good um, income for an 11-year-old kid right now. It's part of uh, American history, American culture. A kid delivering papers, kind of like a you get the idea of a Norman Rockwell painting. Paperboys disappeared a long time ago because it actually you know, involved work. And a kid actually doing something without his parents participating. But it's one of the things that we lost with the death of newspapers. I do remember delivering the press, by the way, on November 22nd, 1963. I can remember waiting for the truck that usually showed up at 4 o'clock. Didn't show up until 6.30 that day, sitting out on my driveway waiting for it to come by. And the guy just dumped the bale of papers in front. And I opened it up, and there was the headline. I don't remember what it was, but there it was, JFK assassinated. And... Um, Lots of people out there in the neighborhood waiting for me at the door that night to deliver the news. Maybe that's why I ended up getting into the media. I don't know. Anyway, we'll talk about the death of the newspaper and what it means when we come back. Stick around.
Recent storms have done a number on Pittsburgh homes and businesses. This is John Steigerwald. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. All you have to do is visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. Why pay twice as much with other companies? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsrspittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off at windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday right here on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Waldemere is your summer oasis. Beat the heat with Waterworld's incredible giant wave pool, two fun-filled water playgrounds, and body and tube slides for all ages. Or simply float around the endless river or unwind in one of the two heated relaxing pools. There's something for everyone. And Waldemere has thrill rides like the incredible chaos, family rides to share, and kiddie land for your little ones. There's so much to do, you'll want to come back again and again. That makes a season pass your absolute best value. Don't have a season pass? Well, we've got a deal for you. Purchase a 2020 season pass in full, and starting this Sunday, August 18th, your 2020 pass will be honored for the remainder of the 2019 season. So you can ride, slide, and brave the waves as much as you like through Labor Day, plus be all set for next season. No better way to finish off this summer. Details at Waldemere.com. Excitement waits for you at Waldemere, Waldemere in a couple of weeks ago, we had Rocky Blyer here to talk about his work with Miracle League in Moon Township. Fields for athletes with special needs. Jim Leland, the Pirates' former manager, is also involved in that project. Jim, thanks for being here. Great to be here, John. Great to talk to you. Tell me about the Miracle League of Moon Township. It's just a great thing for these kids, and it's a wonderful opportunity for people to participate. Some people are a little less fortunate than others, and I think it's just a great opportunity for people to volunteer and to help out and put a smile on somebody's face. I've seen the field that they put out in Upper St. Clair. It's amazing. Oh, it's unbelievable. The way they construct these things, they have the ramps and everything for the kids. It takes a little stress off the parents. I think it's what Pittsburgh's all about. It's just a great thing. It'll serve Montour, West Allegheny, Moon, Swickley, Weirton, Steubenville, Beaver County, and surrounding communities. Approximately 100 to 200 children will be eligible to participate, and it'll also serve adults with special needs. So it's a great cause. And if you'd like to see how you can help, maybe donate some money, check it out at miraclesinmoon.org. Miraclesinmoon.org. We'll be right back. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. America's biggest city without a daily newspaper. We still have the Post-Gazette here, but it doesn't print every day, and in October it'll only be printing three days a week. The newspaper business has been dying a slow death, and as much as you may love the Internet, it's not a good thing. Charles McElwee is assistant editor of the City Journal. He's here to tell you how bad the disappearance of the newspaper is for the country. Charles, thanks for being here. Thank you, John. So, uh, how much of the demise of newspapers uh do you think as a result of too many of them either not seeing the internet coming or not taking it seriously when it arrived i think it's a combination they knew that the internet was ascending but they did not think that it would impact them in the immediate future and i'm saying this 
I think the best way to put it is what newspapers were thinking in the late 90s, early 2000s. And then by 2006, 2007, of course, we saw the emergence of social media. Facebook uh, developed more uh, networks, Twitter emerged, and it was really social media combined with Google that created this total disruption and really created tumult in the newspaper industry. And as a result, we are seeing local newspapers that are closing throughout the country because plummeting advertising revenue is devastating the local newspaper industry. And what revenue there is, is going to Google and Facebook. Yeah, my brother worked for the uh, uh, paper, two, two, both papers here in Pittsburgh. But uh, when he worked for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, which is about to be just pretty much disappear, um, he told me that how much trouble he had trying to convince them that they needed to look at the Internet as something that they could use rather than just some annoying thing that they had to swat away until they you know, figured out how to just get rid of it. Right, and the issue is digital subscriptions are not replacing the ad revenue that newspapers relied on for decades. So you, know, if you look, go to newspapers.com and you visit like an old issue of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and just see what the newspaper was. I mean, it was Hoffman's department store, all these av- advertising sources. Now it's really limited to Boscov's and maybe a few other advertising sources. But uh, the problem is people are not subscribing online, and that's a crisis for local papers. When people are going on local newspaper websites, first of all, they're devoid of the local flavor that was present in uh, local newspapers. And oftentimes they have more of a regional flavor than the local one they once had. And once they hit that paywall, instead of paying, paying up, they're closing out and they're not signing up for subscriptions. And that's another crisis for these papers. So, so how bad is it right now for the newspaper? So Pew, yeah, so Pew Research Center just two weeks ago released a new assessment, which just reconfirms it's already bleak prospects. We know the precarious state of the industry, but in 2018, the approximate total of U.S. daily newspaper circulation hit its lowest number since recording figures began in 1940, which is remarkable. And if you just think about it, uh, the estimated weekday circulation for print and digital uh, in, in 1999 was over 50 million. Uh, last year, it was 28.6 million. Wow. And uh, this follows up a study that came out last year from the University of North Carolina that confirmed that 1,300 localities have lost news coverage since 2004. So now we're seeing news deserts throughout the country, just places without any local coverage. Uh, and the, the trend is really devastated rural regions. You know, more than 500 newspapers closing or merging since 2004. So this is a nationwide phenomenon. No region is spared, but it, it has profound consequences because really the local paper is the foundation for a community and uh, I, I think it's really important, especially in this age, to ha- have a pulse on where you live. Yeah, I wrote a column. Um, I still do write a column for TribLive.com here in Pittsburgh, a sports column. Um, and I wrote a column for uh, the suburban, I guess they call them suburban newspapers around here, but they're the, the outlying papers. And I'm going to say 10 or 15 years ago, I, I had seven papers that I was writing for that were not Pittsburgh papers. And I don't. I I think maybe only one or two of them still exist as as newspapers, which and, is heartbreaking. Yeah, and so th- that's those are those are papers that used to cover the high school football team, uh, and uh, and from a sports standpoint, and also you know cover the local organizations and and cover the cover the uh, local politicians. And you're saying that uh, 500 of those papers have gone out of business or merged. That's that's um, that's a lot of a focus that's being that, that's disappearing on local news and and culture. Exactly, and Facebook is not filling the void. So what you'll see oftentimes in these regions, uh, people will create local Facebook groups, perhaps pages that try to deliver local news, but it doesn't have that professional journalism foundation. And what happens is when you lose a paper, all of those uh, obituaries. 
you, you no longer necessarily know who passed away. You no longer uh, know what events are going on in your community. You're missing opportunities. You're, you're, you may be able to keep up with friends and family on your social media networks, but they're no longer, I mean, we're taking away the joy of seeing a, a student make an honor roll list and having that name published in the paper. Uh, so much is lost when the paper closes, and, and, and it just brings the community together. And, and, you know, during this polarized time, I think it's really important that we, we understand what we're losing when, uh, you know, so many communities are struggling. And the, the one thing they have left after the fraternal organizations close, after churches close, after all these civic institutions are disappearing, at least they had the local paper, but they no longer even have the satisfaction of knowing who won yesterday's high school football game. And that's a loss. Yeah, and see, I, I, as someone who uh, has is very wary of big government, as I'm, I think you probably are, uh, and the, the what's what, there's so much of a push for big government and federal power now. This would seem like a bad time for people to be, you know, uh, deprived of a source for local stories and local issues and local pressure that could be uh, and should be put on the local politicians. Absolutely, we're losing accountability. So um, you, you no longer. I mean, so our observations are no longer confirmed by local news. So perhaps somebody attends a school board meeting and, and sees, you know, perhaps, for example, signs of nepotism. Well, that's an observation, but it can no longer be confirmed through an investigative report by a local reporter. So it, it just creates this profound sense of disillusionment and alienation at the local level. There's no accountability at the at the local city hall. All the, Perhaps you pass a construction site. You don't know what it is. You don't have a paper to tell you what will be built there. Uh, perhaps the neighborhood is disorderly. What's going on in the neighborhood? Well, the paper can't report it So because it's gone. So all that is lost, and, and social media can't replace that because on social media – Everything becomes kind of a mystery and uh, and does not have that foundation that brings the community together. We're talking to Charles McElwee. He's the assistant editor of City Journal. He's written a piece there called uh, Community Dies in Darkness. And it says statistics confirm bleak prospects for local print newspapers and irreplaceable cultural foundation for cities and towns. Um, I think that uh, you'd have to be a certain age for people to agree with that line, and I'm, I am of that age, but you'd have to be of a certain age to agree with the line that it's an irreplaceable, irreplaceable cultural foundation. Um, I, I don't know that there are that many people who, you know, in their 20s who are lamenting the loss of the newspaper, that they just don't care. They, don't, they, they just didn't grow up with it. It just doesn't matter to them. It's indifference, and I think that country changed so much and, and, and our culture changed so quickly during their lifetimes that they can't even keep up with what is occurring, what, how much their society is profoundly changing as a result of technology. So it's just one more casualty to them, but they don't, I, I would hope down the road they'd appreciate what would be, what is lost when they live somewhere like a smaller town or perhaps a mid-sized city and they realized that uh, a, a paper once told them everything that was going on, but they no, they no longer even have a connection to their community. Perhaps they have a connection to their friends who don't even live around them because technology now keeps us connected through phones. But really, it was a local paper that kept people connected and, and tied to their community. And that was a good feeling. And I, I fear what the long-term uh, consequences of that you know, just people no longer having a connection to where they live. Now, I, uh, the producer of this show, her name is Erin, she's off uh, today, she's on vacation this week, but we were doing a story on uh, something to do with newspapers a few months ago, a couple, several weeks ago, and um, I said to her, she's uh, she's 30 years old, I said, Erin, when was the last time you actually physically picked up a newspaper and read it, meaning, you know, the, the paper newspaper? And she looked up in the air and shrugged her shoulders and shook her head and said, "Never, never." Now this this is a sharp. She's she's not she's 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 a she's a college educated, you know, a well aware, sharp producer who slaps me around when I don't do what she tells me. No, not really. But but she 
she's very good. And uh, right, I didn't. I, I wasn't surprised or shocked or saddened or anything by the fact that she told me that she hasn't. She's never, never picked up a newspaper and just read it. I'm sure she's had a newspaper in her hands, but I, you right. know, she knew what I meant, and she said never. Now I'm also thirty, uh-huh. and uh, now, to me, I, I, the newspaper was always in my house growing up. I loved to hold a newspaper because, first of all, I felt like I could better absorb what I was reading, mm-hmm. but also I felt I loved and yearned for that connection to wherever I lived. And I'm calling you from Hazleton today, and that's really where I got started in my writing. I, I was writing essays and columns for the Hazleton Standard Speaker, which is still an excellent local paper. It still runs photos of people involved in their community. Uh, it, it, it still provides updates on church bazaars and even restaurant advertisements. So the, the smallest things bring a community together, but that's the other loss. So many writers get started at, at local newspapers, and I, I po- tried to point that out in the piece. Really famous writers, such as Tom Wolfe, uh, you know, Bonfire the Vanity's uh, uh, author. He got started at a local paper as a beat reporter in Springfield, Massachusetts. All these people got started at that local level, and then they built their portfolio, they built their foundation, and they, they moved upward. And that's another loss. That's another consequence of the local paper's demise. You know what else it is, too, uh, Charles, I think, and I think you point out in the piece, that it's the fragmentation of sources. Um, if if there, were, there was a time when every city had at least one newspaper, most had two, a morning and afternoon paper, some had several, um, and everybody knew that everybody read the same paper. So you, you knew that your next-door neighbor read the Post-Gazette today because you know that he got it delivered, and so there was a commonality there, and there was a, everybody um, knew, everybody was aware of what was going on equally. Now, if I'm getting my my online news from one website and you're getting it from another, we're getting, first of all, we're getting a different opinion with it, maybe, a different slant on it. Um, It's it's really different. It is. I mean, virtually everyone, regardless of wealth, class, background, what brought them all together, they all read the same paper. They all read the same headlines. And ignoring that paper meant risking really social isolation and even missed opportunities, overlooking milestones in people's lives, you are out of the loop. And th- that's now a loss. Yeah, and, you know, the, we're talking about jobs being lost, and lots of writers are losing jobs, but um, that was a pretty big industry, still is, the newspaper business. And it's not just writers who are going to be out of work. I mean, you don't need trucks to deliver news on a website, and you don't the need print setters industry. and all those people. Exactly. It's a whole industry. And I think you know, oftentimes when people learn about the collapse of the local paper, perhaps they say, oh, well, the paper had an ideological viewpoint that I didn't share. I canceled my subscription years ago. But that's not the point. I mean, you, you could disagree with the editorial page, but uh, there was no ideology to an obituary, to um, a, a photo of a, a presentation of a check to a charity to nonprofit updates, to uh, fraternal organizations. That just brought everyone together. And uh, a whole industry is fading from us, and I I do uh, lament and I also fear what what will happen down the road. Where are the good writers going to come from? That's the question. I I mean, digital media is trying to fill the void, and it has worked somewhat in certain areas, but um, Pew pointed out also that the total traffic in, in digital newspaper sites was stagnant for the past two years. So even digital media is in a flux. So it's one of those uh, periods where we're, we're looking at an industry facing total collapse, but there doesn't appear to be a solution in sight. Now, what about journalistic standards? How are they different because you can't hold the paper in your hand? Well, the journal, it, it seems like a free-for-all. I mean, you have these startups emerging, you know, digital-based startups, that they all uh, have their own, perhaps, journalistic standards. But ultimately, they're all at the mercy of Google and Facebook because they virtually control the ad revenue for the industry. 
So where do you see it going? I mean, uh, uh, you're 30 years old. When you're my age, which is uh, a long time from now, like 40 years, um, where will uh, what what will it look like? Will there be any? Will there be a newspaper box anywhere in America with a newspaper in it? I, I fear that there won't be, um, and I think it's one of those weird periods in our culture, in our, in our society, where I don't think anyone can can foresee where. Uh, the press is headed in terms of how we'll re- receive our information in the future. So it would be really hard to predict. And perhaps, you know, 30, 40 years from now, we'll look back in hindsight and realize, oh, how could we not have seen the direction this was heading? Just as in 1993, 1994, we should have realized that local newspapers, larger newspapers, which were all very healthy back then and at the peak of their industry, uh, they were facing eminent collapse within 20 years, and it will be interesting, interesting to see how it will evolve 20 to 30 years from now. Also, be interesting to see what people wrap their fish in, because I, you know, I don't know what they're going to. What are you going to wrap the fish in now if, if there's no newspaper or, or, or build fires? All those things, exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, Charles, I appreciate you being on. Thanks a lot. Thanks, John. Okay, and we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The Trump administration wants to dramatically overhaul the nation's immigration system. It's one of the administration's most aggressive moves yet to restrict immigrants already in the U.S. legally. A new rule could deny green cards to many migrants who use Medicaid, food stamps, and other public assistance. Acting Citizenship and Immigration Services Chief Ken Cuccinelli says the administration wants to see people coming here who are self-sufficient. Who can stand on their own two feet. Federal law already requires those seeking permanent residency to show they won't be a burden to the U.S., but the new rule details a bigger range of programs that could disqualify them, which immigration advocates say could scare immigrants from using public aid. Sagar Magani, Washington. On Wall Street, the Dow by 391 points, the Nasdaq dropped 95, the S&P lower by 36. This is SRN News. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. When it comes to your pain, many of you might be skeptical, like I was, about ordering Relief Factor. Pat Boone again for this wonderful 100% drug-free supplement designed to help your own body lower or eliminate occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, everyday living. I'm not skeptical any longer. The three-week quick start is now discounted to only $19.95. Why don't you let us see if we can get you out of pain, too, at relieffactor.com. Dr. Sebastian Gorka is appalled by reaction to the mass shootings. Would you visit that location to express your support for the survivors? Or would you fundraise? Because if you're Senator Elizabeth Warren or Kamala Harris, it is the Democrat Party today. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 3, right before John Steigerwald at 5 on AM 1250. The Answer. Are you worried that the next market downturn could rob you of your wealth and your security? Are you concerned that your lifetime may last longer than your life savings? You don't have to be. For over 30 years, Gary Hunt has advocated for strong retirement principles, helping families in Allegheny and Westmoreland generate more income while protecting their retirement funds. And Gary now offers retirement-minded savers and investors a free book so you can better understand what it takes to structure a more stable, secure, and confident retirement. Call Gary Hunt and request your copy of Income Allocation. 844-366-HUNT. That's 844-366-4868. Homeowners love their Pella windows and doors, and we love how happy we made Susan from Sewickley. I just have to tell you, this bay window is absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's fantastic. It really is beautiful. I mean, beautiful. Can we install some happiness for you? Right now, get 50% off installation or 18 months, no payments, no interest. 
Call for your free consultation. We'll come to you. 888-78-PELLA. PellaPittsburgh.com. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Community Bank. City Mission. Number One Cochrane. Highmark Stadium. Peters Township Community Center. Angelo's Restaurant. What do all these businesses have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for business. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Seeing a very slow ride on the Parkway West. On the inbound side, 79 down to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound also delays Parkway Center Drive to Carnegie. On the Parkway East, you're crawling along outbound Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood, Swissvale. Inbound approaching the Fort Pitt Bridge. Also watch out for an accident in Glenshaw. This is on William Flynn Highway at Old Butler Plank Road. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. It'll turn out cloudy and more humid tonight. The low will be 67. There can be showers or a thunderstorm toward daybreak. Then tomorrow's going to be mostly cloudy and steamy with showers and thunderstorms around. The downpours can lead to flooding in some areas, especially south of Pittsburgh. Tomorrow's high will be 78. Sometimes showers early tomorrow night, otherwise variable clouds with a low of 65. Then it will turn out mostly sunny with lower humidity Wednesday, high near 80. With your AccuMother forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Streit. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, as I was thinking about uh, who my next guest is here, uh, it occurred to me, and this it just occurred to me actually literally a few minutes ago, that it was 42 years ago this month, and it, it might actually be, it could actually be today, because I don't know what day it was. I know it was right around this time in August, because my first assignment was uh, heading out to Steelers training camp, um, So I, and I know it was right around this time of year. So it might be the, the anniversary of my first day on Pittsburgh Radio. Uh, that was at the old uh, KQV, which no longer exists, unfortunately. It was an all-news station, 19, August 1977. And there was a man who was already working there who uh, became a fellow uh, employee of mine and a friend for a long time. That would be P.J. Maloney, who joins us now. P.J., thanks for being here, man. Captain John, hey, it's good to be here. This is great. How are you? You know, it's funny... Oh, I was listening to the first part of your program tonight, and you were talking about the newspapers and everything, and it just dawned on me. We've got a lot in common. Of course, you know, being in Pittsburgh, it's a small town. Everybody in Pittsburgh has a lot in common. But you were talking about delivering the paper. Right. And, uh, you know, delivered the paper the day that John Kennedy was assassinated. And I was not delivering at that point. I think I'm a little bit older than you, so I'm about seven or eight years older than you. But but the big story I remember uh, delivering the paper was, you know, the guy threw the papers off the back of the truck, and I looked down, and, you know, I was sitting on the curb, and I looked down at the paper, and it's, it was the day that the music died, when um, uh, oh, Buddy Holly was yeah, killed, yeah, and the Big yeah. Bopper, and uh, yeah. Richie Valens. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny how, uh, you know, little incidents like that come back at you, and I was, you know, thinking about that as you were talking about the, your newspaper days, and being, an, uh, you know, a, a newspaper boy, or, you know, a delivery boy, and all that kind of stuff. So, so you so, did deliver the paper, too? I did. I, I delivered the press uh, from about 19, I'm just guessing now, about 1957 to about 1960 to 61. Yep. And uh, at the time, there was another newspaper, uh, an afternoon newspaper called the Sun-Telegraph, yep. Sun-Telly. Yeah, Sun-Telly. And um, I, I remember I used to, do, you know, uh, race. There was the kid that delivered the Sun-Telly. Uh, had pretty much the same route that I did, and we would race every day to see who could finish the route fastest. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, the reason I, I, I have you on, uh, I want to talk to you before we talked about your days in radio and everything, because I want to get into the days of radio and what what's happened with radio and all news and all that stuff. But uh, you're involved with something called Pets for Vets, and that's what got me interested. I'm a big uh, dog guy and a, and a very, and always interested in helping uh, out with the vets. So 
tell me what that program is and uh, how it works. Well, this is out at Animal Friends. They're the uh, animal welfare organization located on Camp Horn Road out in the North Hills. And uh, what this does, this Pets for Vets program, it hooks up animals, dogs and cats uh, for the most part, with veterans who want a companion animal of some sort. Uh, you know, as, as you know, we all know about uh, veterans, men and women, who spend time overseas in many cases in combat situations and come home with uh, some pretty serious issues, uh, family issues, relationship traumas, financial pressures, depression, uh, suicide is a big issue, even post-traumatic stress disorder, traumatic brain injury. And we've discovered over the years that having a pet as a companion very much helps veterans and others with these kinds of issues get through the day. Uh, so Animal Friends uh, is, uh, has the Pittsburgh chapter for Pets for Vets, and we're under the auspices of what's called the Major Benjamin Fallensby Memorial Fund. And what we do is we provide specially selected, trained, and certified companion dogs, and occasionally cats. And what we do is we waive the requested adoption uh, uh, donation. So in other words, it's a freebie. So you get the animal trained if necessary. If you want a dog that's trained to your specific needs, uh, Animal Friends does that in their Pets for Vets program. Uh, but in addition to the training, you get this, the uh, vaccinations, uh, you get to spay and neuter, and um, uh, you get the uh, chips uh, implanted in, in, the, uh, in the animal, too. All of that is a freebie for veterans, whether they suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder or not. If you're a veteran, you can adopt an animal with Animal Friends with those fees that I talked about waived. So that's pretty much what the program is all about. And the issue, you, you, you want to make sure as many veterans know that this is available to them. Exactly. That's why I'm happy to be talking to you about it. And, and what I'm doing as a volunteer out there right, right now is basically talking about it with people like you and your audience. Um, and and it's, it's, not a, uh, you know, it's not a complicated situation. All we need to do is let people know that this exists. And so that if you, John, or me, or anybody else that's listening to us, knows of somebody that might be interested in this or might be helped by the the program it's called pets for vets it's animal friends they can uh, get in touch and ask questions and find out more and um i i i adopted a, a dog from animal friends uh, many years ago his name was irving i called him irving <laughs> and he lived to be 16 years old so you know uh, uh, that, yeah. that, I, I like it when people go there and get those dogs so um as uh, when, like you talk about training them, how, uh, wh- who trains them? How do they get trained? I, I'm, where do they, where do they find the trainers to do this? Because I've trained dogs myself. It's, it's not a, uh, uh, it's not a short process. No, it isn't. Uh, and we're not training dogs uh, to be guide dogs right, or right. things like that. You, you, but we are, we do uh, try to train them. And uh, to answer your first question, uh, the correct answer is I don't know where uh-huh. we get the uh, the trainers. But there are trainers out there at Animal Friends. Uh, several of them that are very good at this, and uh, they'll train the dog. I want to give you an example. Um, there's a, um, uh, a young man who uh, served in Iraq and or Afghanistan, or maybe both, I don't know, but he was in a combat situation and came home and was having a, a number of difficulties. Chief among them were uh, horrible dreams that he would have at night. He would have night sweats and just the worst kind of dreams that you can possibly have. Uh, it's hard for those of us who don't have that experience to understand what how bad that is because when you get into a situation like that you have this kind of a dream oftentimes it not only ruins your day it might ruin you for weeks uh it's such a terrible traumatic experience but they can actually train these dogs uh, to understand what the body is doing right before a bad dream happens so a a person might uh, you know snore in a certain way or stop snoring or snort or move around in a certain position where the dog will understand, uh-oh, this is an oncoming bad dream. I need to wake him up. And so the dog will wake him up. Wow. And, and, and believe me, I don't know how they do this. I don't know how they train dogs to do it, but they do. They train dogs to understand these signals. And um, uh, it's, you, you can understand what a great benefit that is for somebody who has that kind of an issue. Yeah, I uh, I had a guest on here not too long ago. They This is why I think dogs are the most perfect creature on the planet. Um, they had, We had a uh, doctor on here talking about dogs can now detect uh, cancer with um, um, 
by 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 they they put a mask on the um, they put a mask on the dog on, on the person who may have lung cancer, like a I don't know it's what it's made out of some kind of cardboard type stuff, and all the person has to do is breathe on this, and then they send this out, and then they have the dogs sniff it, and they react to lung cancer, and then it's working. It's yeah. hugely. Um, um, accurate and uh, so there's great things they can do so nothing you tell me about what the dogs are doing surprises me because i've had them all my yeah. life and that's that's why i love them so as much yeah. as i do so, it's just it's just amazing you know you were telling me last week by the way if i can digress for just a moment yeah um you were we were talking or exchanging the text i can't remember what and you said um that you uh you know, wanted to talk to me about pets for vets because you have an affinity for dogs and yeah, yeah obviously you want to help out vets and I remember a conversation we had decades ago. It must have been, it could have been back in the seventies, even or maybe the eighties. I think we were in the press box watching a, a football game or a Steelers game or something. And you said we were talking about halftime shows and how crazy they're getting with oh, the yeah. pyrotechnics yeah. and people diving out of the sky yeah. and jets flying through, you know. And and you said, you know what the best halftime show is? And I said, what? And you said watching dogs chase frisbees. Yeah, well, and you're right. You're right. <laughs> well, you know what, PJ? I've gotten a lot of mileage. I've gotten a lot of mileage out of that. I've used it many times. Um, when uh, I, my my measurement of a Super Bowl halftime show, which I think 99 percent of them stink um, because yeah. they're overdone, is does it pass the dog in a frisbee test? I'm not even talking about a lot of dogs. I'm talking about one dog chasing a frisbee. <laughs> Would have been better than Diana Ross at Super Bowl Forty when I was out in Phoenix. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, she tried. No, I, she, I agree. I agree with you one hundred percent. She tried really hard. In fact, I, but yeah, didn't make it. Yeah. Well, I'm not even watching. To tell you the truth, I'm out in the kitchen when the halftime show is on. <laughs> yeah, so am I. So <laughs> I, I want to ask you about old time radio. I, I started there right. uh, in in seventy seven. I was a twenty eight year old punk. You were already uh-huh. working there. Uh, you worked there how many years? I mean, I know a little bit off and on, but but off from for for KQV doing all news radio. How many years? Uh, Forty two. I was. I started in October of nineteen seventy five, which was the day that uh, KQV became an all news radio station. They went from the music. Remember, they were in the windows oh, yeah. down at the corner of oh, Walk yeah. and Don't Walk yeah. uh, down at Smithfield and Seventh Avenue. And I actually uh, had an opportunity, I, I took the opportunity to do a couple of newscasts from the window down there, which was great, because as a little kid, we used to go into town and watch the disc jockeys and everything. Uh, but anyway, uh, um, so I started in October of 1975, and uh, just retired uh, early last year, about a year and a half ago, in uh, wow. uh, January of, uh, of 18. And things changed so, a lot. Uh, the, I, I, going back to when I started, the the... the that was a a major operation. That news operation, uh, a radio yeah. station with tons of uh, street reporters and anchors, and yeah. really big yeah. a big deal, wasn't it? It was. It was a lot of fun. To boy, we had some great people back there. The, the one little anecdote: um, uh, we used to do news uh, on KQV and at WDVE, right. which was owned at the time by the same same company, and we would just literally walk from one end of the newsroom to the other mm-hmm. to go to the other studio to do the newscast. And this is after you left. You went to Channel 4, I think, in yeah. uh, the early 80s. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember what year 78, it was. 78, yeah. But, sh- but shortly after you left, Stan Saverin came in. Stan, Stan left himself. And they brought in a guy um, to do uh, sports on KQV and DVE. And I didn't get along with him very well. He was really uh, the, you know, uh, into himself. He was very, uh, you know, kind of a, had a big ego and everything. Yeah. You couldn't tease him. You know, you and I, Stan and everybody right. would be teasing right. each other, you know. And... And you know who that was? Who? John John Sterling. Do you remember the, the John oh, Sterling? Just retired He's the guy doing the Yankees. The, yeah, the uh, radio play by play guy for the Yankees. Wow. He, was, he needed a job. He needed a job back in those days, and so he was a KQV. He couldn't have been there for more than a couple of months. But that's one of the neat things about this business is you know you and I both can point to a lot of people who you know yeah. came and went, uh, but some of them came and went on to. You know, big things. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, I, I'm running out of time here, but I want to. Say, one thing I do right. want to talk to you about is the the difference. Like you were working at KQV and you were Mister Newsman, and then you had to walk yeah. across the hall and be on the the uh, psychedelic radio station and, and, and turn into a wild man and and you know talk about uh, well you know be, that, that's a that's a that's a hell of an assignment there. 
be a major doper. Yeah. You know, <laughs> on the DVE side. You had to make that transition. I, 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 Actually, I enjoyed it. I really did. We weren't really doing t- Marcy. Marcy was the uh, disc jockey, at the right? Time. Right. And uh, uh, and we just had conversation and a good time. I don't remember actually doing a whole lot of news. <laughs> to tell you the truth, yeah. But I had, a, I had a fistful of news in my hand, but I hardly ever read it. Well, and I you you called me Jumpin' John back then, Jumpin' and, John. And I still have, believe it or not, I still have every once in a while somebody will bump into me on the street. And they'll hit me with a jumping John, so it stuck with me. I don't know if it's yeah. lawsuit material or what, but it's wow. it's still there. I don't have any money, so if you sue me, you're out of luck. <laughs> hey, PJ, it's always good talking to you, man. I'm out of time. I um, one more time. How do people uh, get involved and help out with this uh, Pets for Vets? Pets for Vets at thinkingoutsidethecage dot org. That's Pets for Vets at thinkingoutsidethecage.org. That's the uh, that's the website. Thanks, man. Hang in there. We'll talk again. Raise hell. Talk to you later. All right, man. That's PJ Maloney, and we'll be right back. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have five to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm John Steigerwald. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in the network. Isn't it time for a change? Well, stop the insanity and call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30%. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. 724-884-1496. Driving is freedom. The freedom to keep moving to control your destiny, and to choose your path. And now, that freedom fits in the palm of your hand. It's called Ford Pass, the only app that gives you roadside assistance. Ford Pass rewards, and now when you buy or lease a new Ford, earn points you can use toward flexible complementary maintenance that gives you, well, more freedom. Ford Pass, built to keep you moving. Built Ford Proud. Visit your participating Ford dealership to find out about getting flexible complimentary maintenance when you buy or lease a new Ford and sign up for rewards. Roadside assistance is included for certain Ford owners and available to everyone for a per-service fee. Ford reserves the right to change program details without obligations. Visit your participating dealer or FordPassRewards.com for program rules and restrictions. Ford Pass, compatible with select smartphone platforms, is available via a download. I'm here with Miracle League of Moons' Mike McGulick. Mike, I understand donations have slowed a little bit. How's progress? A lot of progress since we last talked. Obviously, it's never as quick as you want it to be, but we're happy with where we're going to be coming into the summer. You've broken ground on the Fieldhouse Foundation are going in, but the playground's been delayed. What's the plan? We'll continue to fundraise. We have a lot of great support. The community likes the project, so we're confident we'll get there in time to have the playground up for next year. And remember, every dollar you give today goes directly to fund the building of this state-of-the-art field for the kids with special needs. It will be updated with ramping systems and different things so that individuals that have problems with their mobility will be able to get to the same spots that everyone else that easily can get to. Help keep the project on track. Visit Miracles in Moon org with your donation today. Mike, as always, wish you good luck with this project. We'll be following it, and you keep us updated, okay? I will. Thanks for all the support, and Pittsburgh, thanks for helping. Give now at miraclesandmoon.org slash donate. Sponsored by Robinson Town Center, a Zamias Properties entity. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, I've always thought that the... Uh, the well, the the Washington Redskins name is kind of a goofy name. I never thought it was a great nickname for a team. Um, and as you know, there's been a lot of controversy over that and whether or not it's racist and it should be changed. And many people believe that it is and should. But apparently, the some of the the people you would think would be uh, most interested in seeing the name change and would be most likely to be offended by it, they don't care. Um, there's a new survey out 
uh, Annenberg, Annenberg Public Policy Center. Um, no, yeah, the, the, the Annenberg Public Policy Center found 12 years ago that, are you ready? 90% of the Native Americans who were asked about this said they weren't offended by the name. Now, that, that dis- disappointed many of my uh, liberal friends in the sports um, reporting industry and in the sports media, uh, they they're convinced that it's that it's offensive to Native Americans, even if it isn't, because they uh, for some reason maybe it's white guilt. I don't know what it is, but they are determined to have them be offended by it, and that that, that they these Native American uh, people who were surveyed they owe it to these white people to allow them to show how virtuous they are and agree with them that it's racist and that they should be offended but it's not happening so someone uh teresa vargas at the washington post wrote a story about it and said that an, a, an, another survey came out and it agrees all these years later with all this controversy and bob costas having a nervous breakdown on television and maybe retiring over it or not wanting to cover it i don't know what it, he went he really was bothered by it, and uh, people like Peter King, who's a big-time NFL writer, uh, not referring to the Washington team as the Redskins anymore. Um, despite all that, the most recent survey, same thing, 90%. Both polls, she says here, found that 9 out of 10 Native Americans were not offended by the team's name. Uh, even back a few years ago, a, a columnist named Robert McCartney at the Washington Post he wrote a, a column, and the headline was, I'm dropping my protest of Washington's football team name. So it hasn't been in the news much lately, but one of the reasons it probably hasn't been in the news much lately is because the hysteria over it has been t- uh, found to be unfounded and unnecessary and stupid because the Native Americans themselves aren't offended by it. So... That's the latest on the Washington Redskins as we get ready for another NFL season. And you'll be seeing people refusing to use the nickname and and, uh, wringing their hands over what a terrible nickname it is. And they will be completely ignoring the fact that the people who were supposed to be offended are not offended. And by the way, I hope you're not offended. I'll talk to you tomorrow. John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.